This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very excited to have you here this week on a liquor week, and it is favorite non-whiskey sipper. You excited, Dad? Yes, I am very excited. Awesome. So, I, last week I said I was doing Bacardi, but then I realized later that we'd already done Bacardi. So, I, I chose another Ron, or Rum, Flor de Cana, and it's from Nicaragua. So what are you doing, Josh? I'm going to be doing one of my favorite all-time sippers. I'm doing a Calvados from Ballard. All right. It's going to be really exciting. What are you doing as your snacks, Dad? So my snacks, I have refried beans and rice, I have tamales, and I have plantains dessert. Awesome. I'm going to be doing a cheese course and a soup course, and then we're going to be having a little palate cleanser in between. So I've got camembert cheese, which is a cheese that is from the Normandy region. I've got French onion soup, and then I have a little fresh fruit sorbet from jenny's ice cream it's their frosé okay rosé rosé sorbet so but before we get in so i have a palate cleanser as well josh cool i got them at the the mexican restaurant i looked for nicaraguan restaurant and and i thought i had one but really they were mexican but what they had palate cleansing is called wheat pellets Oh. So we'll see what that's like. Yeah, that'll be really cool. All right. So before we get into everything today, let's talk about the blind from last week. So oh, yeah, man, I had it nailed, I think. Uh, what, do you remember what you said it was? Well, I said it was a porter that was sour and sweet. What was it? So it was from a local brewery. It was the Druid Mixed Cultured soured stout so i'm gonna go ahead and give that one to you because you know it's well, hard in to the old real. days porters were stouts or stouts were porters something like that yeah so but and druid i've had that before and i think you kept hinting that i'd had it <laughs> i did and it's it's a barrel age so, beer as well well it's barrel fermented so that's that yeah. souring they yeah did that, that was that footer. souring i was tasting yeah and so you know kind of a little a little nod because we were doing our, you know, kind of a St. Patrick's Day beard. You know, the Druids yeah. were who St. Patrick sent out of. That's right. Out of uh, Ireland. So Along with he drove the snakes out. Well, and there's been stuff on, on Facebook about him driving in a car. Yeah. But so, okay. Well, cool. I'll take that and one. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give that one to you because it was kind of, it was kind of tough. But right. you, you landed there in the, uh, in the end. So. Well, I first said, Lord God, because I could, I could smell that, I think that barrel aging. Yeah. And then when I tasted it, it was sour. It wasn't Lord God at yeah. all. Yeah. You, de- you can definitely tell that that's another great one. If you are local here to Little Rock or you're coming through and you have not had a chance to try it, give it a try. They're selling it at Lost 40 in bottles and like, I think, pint and a half or pint and quarter bottles. I don't know the, oh, okay. the actual size. Yeah. It's smaller than a bomber. But they also have it on their draft lines right now. Mm. So if you, if you can get into the Lost 40 tap room and give it a try, it's, in my opinion, it's totally I'll worth it. I'll meet you down there tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. Spring break. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm totally cool with that. So, all right. Well, you ready to go ahead and get into our wonderful liquors today? Let's go for it. All right. Are you going first or am I? I'm going to go ahead and go first because I don't want my 
palate cleanser to you know oh, melt. Yeah, <laughs> but you know so once again i've got a camembert cheese i have a french onion soup and then i have a rosé palate cleanser all right all right um, and so just a little bit reason why and how we're going to taste you know this one i'm actually going to say we're going to do in a specific order oh okay we're going to do the cheese and then we're going to do the the rosé and then we're going to go to the soup okay so learning about calvados it is a, it's actually been used as a palate cleanser course okay. uh, so that's why we're doing a specific palate cleanser today I, I really wanted to get some apple or some pear sorbet but it's not made around here so but yeah so let's go ahead and get into this calvados is a brandy style beverage so if you remember back from our cognac episode it is a fermented fruit product that they go ahead and distill and what it is in Calvados are up in the Normandy regions, cider. Mm. So they have a lot of apple orchards up there and they make some beautiful, beautiful dry ciders, which are some of my favorite ciders I've ever had. And then they take, they take that same cider base and they distill it. So these are alcoholic ciders, right? Yes. They are hard alcoholic ciders. Okay. Which they brew up there. But go ahead and so I see you. I see you uh, nosing it already. What are you smelling? Well, first off, I looked at the color, and I looked at the legs, and the color is very similar to the rum I have. Yeah, the twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask later how old is this cider or not cider, but the apple cognac, and tell me that. Yes. But nose-wise, you know, I get a lot of alcohol. And I do smell the apples, maybe green apples. Mm-hmm. What are you smelling? So I, I get that same kind of like sour, almost like a sour apple, yeah. like a bitter apple, green. like yeah. a Granny Smith, a mm-hmm. Golden Delicious, mm-hmm. those type. But there's also this like lovely sweetness that's there too. That's like, it's almost like it's candy. When I was growing up, my grand, grandfather on my mother's side had this little apple tree the apples would only, Josh, they'd only be about a inch in diameter. Right. And we'd eat them, seeds them all. And after about 40 of them, <laughs> we were getting pretty sour ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's really good. That's kind of that smell. And you get that kind of, you still get some of that nice aging. Mm-hmm. Because uh, these. Yeah, I get some is, of those baking spice kind of things. Right. Some, and was it aged in oak? Yes. So, all right. This is the Bullard Calvados Payoge VSOP. So just like in cognacs and brandies, there are, there are requirements when it comes to what's on the label. Okay. So with this being a very special old pale, a uh-huh. VSOP, it is at minimum four years old. Okay. So, but with the Calvados, the specific region, the Payda, I know I'm saying this, I think it's Age, it's A U G E or Auge. Auge, yeah. That has to be a minimum of two years old anyway. Okay. So they go in the next two years, they get the VSOP label. That's the minimum, minimum. Yeah. I uh, like that smell. You know, I uh, get that vanilla, get the apple. The thing. Just, just wait till you taste really? it. <laughs> huh? I said, just wait till you taste it. I, oh, yeah. I, I have, I love Calvados. They are. You know, I would bend more on a Calvados than I would a cognac, personally. I love the flavor. 
there's something in there that I want. I wonder if you're getting now that you're tasting it, and it it's probably something that reminds you of an old style candy. Well, I'm wondering if I get any peppermint. In. There's some kind of mint. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some a little kind bit of mint something in there. Or some herbace. I would. Say, I don't know if I'd call it mint, but there's definitely some herbaceousness. Yeah. In there. What were you gonna say? There I, get, is? I get butterscotch. You take so another like, taste. I bet. I bet you're right. Like apples and butterscotch and vanilla. It's almost like you're right. Oh yeah. Now it, now that you said it, I really taste. It's mm. almost like it's just this big, warm, old like candy or some kind of like apple baked dessert. Oh, you're snacking. Mm-hmm. It's camembert. And for those of you that don't know, camembert is very funky. And we've had it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had it cooked, right? Yeah, I made that. Yeah, I made. Yeah, I cooked it in the oven. Did so many eggs and wrapped it in the, the pastry. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, if you I don't can smell that funk, right? If you don't <laughs> like funky cheeses, don't do this pairing, because camembert isn't a. To me, it is very much an acquired taste. Acquired tasting. It is an acquired tasting, but it's definitely an acquired taste. For me, sometimes camembert can still be a little funk. In a lot of ways, it's funkier than gorgonzola that we had last week. Yeah, and it's a di- and you know it's a different kind of funk. Yeah, it's not the blue cheese. This it's is just, it's a it's dirty. I, it's, I get I, I get some there's some oh. kind of like corny like cornness that mm. I get with this camembert, and it's not like corn butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's gone a little that's gone a little bit bad. Ooh. But let me know what you think of the pairing. Well, I'm going to have to mix apple <laughs> yeah. with it. Well, I mean, if you think about a lot of like baked breeze, break, baked camemberts, mm-hmm. those type of things, one of the things that they say to put with it is apple. And it, because it kind of gives a sweetness that rounds it out. And I want to know what you think of this pairing. Rounded out is keyword. That's exactly what it does. It smooths it out, rounds it out. I'm not getting near as much funk. I'm getting that apple and your description of the corny was it's not that sweet corn that we get with <laughs> no some, some chardonnays no this is like, a whole lot better yeah but it i you know i agree with you that the the apple just goes so well with that funk and just kind of softens softens that funkiness you still get that nice funk of the camembert mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. comes through and you still get the nice appleiness of the calvados but I think what I think this one does is I think it kind of takes out that butterscotchy bakedness of the Calvados. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I agree. So I don't get the butterscotch or really don't get the vanilla. Yeah. So it really just kind of goes with the apples and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the funk. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said before, Calvados is from France. It's from the Normandy region, which history buffs you should know about. I mean, a lot of us should know Normandy. So we're talking the same area where D-Day was. Right. And they're known all the way back to Charlemagne for having apples and brewing cider. The I wish France France would let us in, Josh. I know. They're still they'd lock down hard again. Well, you know. <laughs> well we'll we'll see what happens to the rest of the United States in the next couple months now that you yeah, know. my friend Jennifer Starr is back Little Rock. Yeah, because she was over there trying to come back, but they wouldn't let her out. For a while. Yeah. It was over there a year. I mean, that was kind of her plan, though, Falcon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so while we're, while we're snacking on this, I'll kind of go into the, the production of Calvados and how it's made. So like I said in some of the history on it, you know, they've been, 
like the first mentioning of it is as far back as the eighth century, eighth century mm. with Charlemagne. Okay. And the distillation of Calvados didn't really come around until the mid 1500s mm-hmm. and really kind of gained popularity after the French Revolution. Um, but they called it, they called it Eau de Vie de Cidre. So Eau de Vie of Cider. So basically distilled cider. And, you know, they kind of, it was hidden away because, you know, taxes, you know, taxes kind of hid it away for a while, but it really kind of picked back up after the French Revolution and then all the way to the 19th century where, you know, distillation got really, really big. We haven't really talked about phylloxera yet. Mm-mm. Um, when it comes to wine, phylloxera is a, a root louse that kills vitis vinifera. It feeds on the roots of the plant and destroys them. Ooh. So it was actually, it's actually from America, but I was going to say, I was going to ask, but is that from America? Because I think, uh, Susie Long gave a class. Yeah. So Petit it, and Keith was you know, talking about, you know, how bad it, it, was. it traveled over to Europe and, you know, decimated the vines of mm-hmm. Europe. And what they realized was that the, the Vitis Americana or Vitis, uh, I can't remember the, the actual name, but the grapes that are that are native to North America are their roots are resistant to phylloxera. Mm. So they would use, so now the common practice is to take vitis vinifera and graft it onto American rootstock so that it's safe because phylloxera hasn't gone away. Okay. But anyway, during the time when it, when France was going through its, its issue with phylloxera, Calvados came up in production because the apple trees didn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the grapes go away, that means, Cognac, Armagnac, mm-hmm. Eau de Vie, all those go away. Mm-hmm. So the main brandies are gone. So that's one of the reasons where Calvados came up. And then, you know, they got the whole AOCs. But, you know, Calvados, like we said, is a distilled beverage from cider. So they'll make the cider and then they double distill it in a type of still that I had actually never heard of until. It's was, not a pot still. It's not a. It's not a pot still. still. No, it's called an emblematic pot still. So it's a type of pot still that double, that double distill as it goes through. I'll show you a picture. That's what, that's what it looks like. So it's, oh, com- okay. it's almost like you have two pot stills that are oh, put yeah. together. Yeah. So it's almost like a predecessor right. to a column. Could we set one up in here? Uh, we probably could. We'd have to buy a lot of <laughs> copper. Yeah. <laughs> but we could definitely do it. And so they double distill it and then it aged. And then the agingness depends on the AOC or the control, the laws that control the. How so they, do they do a VS? Um, they do a, a VS fine, a V or reserve. And then they have VO, VSOP, mm-hmm. and XO, just like cognac. But there's not as many delineations. So like VO, Ville Reserve, VSOP are all the same hmm. level. Right. Whereas in cognac, they're different levels. Yeah. Uh, what was the price point? Very good. So this was a $50 bottle. Okay, well, that's that's reasonable well, yeah. for what you're getting. For what you're getting. I mean, if you think about what you're going to get in a bourbon mm-hmm. at $50, I'm going to pick this all day long. Are you? Yeah. I mean, to me, $50 for bourbon right now seems really high. It does. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you can't even buy $50 scotch. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could, but it's going to be blended. You can't, you can, I don't even think you can 
Yeah, he may be able to buy a couple. I think Glenn Morangi's ten is under fifty. Well, the famous grouse or the grand. Oh, but those are those are blended. They're blended. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. how you're going to get blow. I think the um, the Lismore is under fifty dollars. Oh, that's right. Okay. But basically, you can't buy scotch under fifty. Right. But this um, is really good. Yeah. So let's go ahead. So the reason I wanted to do this palate cleanser is because we're going from something that's so funk heavy. Hmm into something that's going to be that has a completely different flavor and because it's a tradition it it can be set up as a habitus was served with a sorbet as a palate cleanser course pairing oh okay um in some really long dinners so i thought this would be fun to do yeah so this sorbet now this it's pink it is pink is from jenny's ice cream if you're big into like high-end ice cream that name will ring a bell this is their like a strawberry so, yeah, so this is what's called their Frosé. It is watermelon, strawberry, rosé wine, and I think a pear and a raspberry all put together to make a, a sorbet. Uh, so I just thought it'd be fun because, you know, sometimes up in, in the Calvados area, you can use pear. It, it's a specific region that will use pears, but most of the time it is, it is apple. Oh, hmm. So we've talked about, you know, this can a little bit. So let me know kind of what you're thinking of that in a second. I'm going to talk about Bullard as a, as a production itself. They have been doing Calvados since the 1800s. So the 18, 1820s is kind of when they've been. They have, thousand, they have, excuse me, 150 acres that have over 35,000 apple trees on it. Wow. On it. And they use over 120 different varieties of apple. So there's, no, there's no like actual Calvados apple. Okay. It's not like, it's not like cognac where they use, you know, Uni Blanc as a majority. Of it. Mm-hmm. They actually have 120 different varieties that this place, uses, but there are over 800 varieties in the Calvados region That's crazy. that, that can be used. Yeah. And so they kind of get a pick, which is cool. Um, what they, what they do, the, this one, the VSOP is a blend of anywhere between four and 10 years. Okay. So it has to be four for the minimum, um, but it's, it's a, it can be up to 10 years. And uh, alcohol is 40%. Yeah. No so doubt about tell, it. Me, tell me about, tell me about what, you, what you're tasting. Well, like I said, I tasted strawberry right off the bat. And when you said raspberries, I tasted it again and yeah, they're definitely in it. Now I don't get the wine. Yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even, I think it's so just in there. Oh, it must have been a white wine that's the ro- it was a rose. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, the frose sorbet. Yeah, rose. <laughs> okay, got you. Yeah. So I don't know if this happened to you, but I tasted this and like I taste this is a very full flavored sorbet. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bit of Calvados and it just like everything disappears off your palate. There's a little bit of like apple and it's like a touch of sweetness left for me. Try that. But okay. there's like there's nothing left on my palate. So it like I'm, I'm, I am super surprised that it like literally cleared my palate. Disappeared. Yeah. Like my palate is fresh and ready for new flavor. Wow. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, it's just I, a, what it is. <laughs> uh, I can drink more of this now. <laughs> I can drink more of this or I'm like, I'm not going to be worried about the funk of the camembert affecting no, the French the onion funk, soup. The funk totally. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which worked a whole lot better than I thought it was going to. Okay. 
but yeah, so that's, um, that is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I use it. So we're, we're drinking this out of a Glencairn glass. Yeah. Like we do with Normally our liquor. Do. Yeah. Um, but I really prefer a brandy sniffer for yeah. this. Okay. Um, you get all that big oxidation. There's and, that one up there. Yeah. <laughs> so what Wait, I wanted the, the, to do, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> is what Took looks like a, a brandy sniffer. It's uh, about nine, maybe a 12 inch tall. That would fit the entire bottle. Yes. <laughs> and more. <laughs> and would, that's where we store some of our old corks. <laughs> it would be, you know, so like <laughs> in perspective, you know, you pour the entire bottle into that one and it would be a proper pour. And It'd be a proper pour to that, <laughs> yeah. to that size of glass. That's funny. It took me a second to see what you were talking about, but. Well, now what are we tasting next, John? Um, so next we are going to a French onion soup. Okay. And this is a little bit of a test because it is a frozen French onion soup. Uh, from could it be uh, the infamous Trader? <laughs> it is from Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons I did this was I think the sweetness of the onions and everything is going to go really well. But also, in traditional French onion soup, you will sometimes deglaze the pan with brandy. Mm. Um, so I think having that idea, I guess, I guess I've never known that. I don't guess we've ever done it. Sometimes you put it, you'll put it in with the onions when they're caramelizing. Oh, okay. Okay. When you said it, I was kind of thinking of pouring it in there, swishing it around, pouring it out like the, some other thing. Oh no, no, <laughs> like the you, don't rinse, you don't rinse it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the sweet richness of the onions and the, the bite of that greer, Cheese and the Calvados, I think, are just the kind of flavors that go on with Calvados. Mm, what kind of cheese? Uh, traditionally Gruyere. So for those of you that know me, this is a pretty interesting plate because there's no meat. This is a 100% vegetarian plate. That's true. That's not a normal. <laughs> it's not a normal. <laughs> and depending on the, the frosé, it might actually be vegan. Uh, well, no, there's cheese. Never mind. There's cheese. It can't, can't be, be vegan. vegan. Sorry. But, but it, I veg- might have a veg- vegetarian, yeah. Full vegetarian plate here. Okay. So what'd you think? Oh, I thought that was wonderful. The sweetness of those onions just went very well with the sweetness of, of the apple cheese. Just added to it. And we didn't have the funk. Right. But we had, you know, some texture that you don't think about. You know, you've got some good pairings here. Yeah, I really like this. Now, the kind of our... Like you said at the beginning, you don't like funky cheese. Don't do that. And as a sub, as a substitute, though, I would do a a really um, like a triple cream brie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that good butteriness going on from a big brie that just doesn't have the funk. Right. That's yeah. That definitely works. And I think that's the that's kind of the yeah. This Conabara has wonderful butter. Yeah, I think that's the kind of idea when it comes to pairing this with cheese. You know, go go for buttery and fat and rich. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like a goat cheese with all that acidity would, I don't would think work that, yeah. well. Mm-mm. I mean, it might, but I would try and find like a Humboldt Fog or mm-hmm. there is a uh, goat cheese out of Spain that's aged. Mm-hmm. So you have that. You have that kind of soft agedness plus the, you know, the, the creamy, uh, acidic one on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 what do you think about blue cheese? Cause you eat a lot more blue cheese than I do. 
I was thinking of the gorgonzola. I don't think a Danish blue, Danish is too blue. Right. Because I know blue, I know blue cheese and apples go really. Yes. Yes. So like a Stilton Mm -hmm. or a gorgonzola, Mm -hmm. something that's got a little bit of edge to it Mm -hmm. and the blueness, but not just over, Mm -hmm. overly blue. Right. Now, the, the thing that's not on your plate would just be, you know, the like, like having a, having a really nice apple right and maybe just you know that cheddar that irish cheddar that we had a few weeks back little irish cheddar the apple and then this would go very yeah i thought about getting like an apple turnover or an app like an apple streusel yeah an apple streusel would be really would go really well with this yeah, go get that. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a dessert yet. <laughs> no, we, I mean, we have the, oh, the, uh, yeah, the palate okay, cleanser. Exactly. The other thing that I do actually have, if we wanted to pull it out, I have some lemon uh, macarons. It'd be interesting, the lemon. I don't know how that'd go. It'd really test the acidic. Right, it would. The acidic piece. I don't think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat those later. But I, I love Calvados. I am a, I'm a huge fan. One of the first. When did you first try it? So my, I've my, never known this about you. My first experience with Calvados was after I took one of the quartermaster sommelier tests. I was in the Capitol Hotel at 111. Okay. Uh, that's where the master, the, um, where the test master was. sommeliers. Oh. Well, no, it's not where the test was. It's where the, the test administrators, where they were staying. Oh, okay. And they were having dinner at uh, 111. All right. And I was sitting in the bar at 111 and saw him, and you know, they said hello and everything. Um, I asked him, "You passed." Well, this was this was <laughs> the in between. Oh, okay. Uh, this was the night in between. Oh and yeah, that's right. It's a two part test for the first, yeah for the intro level. Um, so I I asked him. I said, "So what are we all what were we all drinking tonight?" And he told me, and then he's like, "Well, we're just ordering some Calvados as our as our digestif." Okay. And I go, okay. Well, and he goes, and he just went back to his table. And so I ordered it because I wanted to know what it was. It wasn't too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely by the same thing that everything that we've talked about. So they were doing it neat, just like we are. Yeah. They were doing it, you know, in a snifter mm-hmm. as their kind of dessert or their, you know, the last thing before they, before they went up to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've kind of, I've kind of gone after it when I can. And when I was in Montana at the restaurant, I was working at, we had a uh, Cavados Martini and we used Grey Goose Pear. So Grey Goose has a pear flavor. Okay. Um, Cavados. Uh, I have to go look. I have to go look and look see what up. else and do that. And then we also had a Cavados Manhattan. So we did traditional Manhattan, but we added Cavados to it and it was so good. Like it was one of those ones that like people didn't really order unless you told them about it. Uh-huh. And then once they had one, they wanted they Another just one? wanted it. <laughs> they wanted it to keep coming. Well, now, how much is the Calvados pour at, at the bar? Been, I think it would be up there years. around 10 bucks at least. It would, it would be around probably 8 to 15 on a yeah, bar. Yeah, right. Um, so, we're t- I mean, you know, we're not talking about cheap stuff that you shoot. So, we're right. talking up here, scotches, mm-hmm. scotches, high-end bourbons, ports, mm-hmm. those type right. of things. But, yeah, I would probably guess 10 to 15 Mm-hmm. depending on you know if i if i was running a bar to, um if i guess that like the cost on based on what i think the cost would this be i would probably pour it for 10 10 to 12 on a pour. Yeah. 
It's really good. I oh, it's really good. I yeah, love this surprised. stuff. I've never had it. Hopefully, you can add it. Okay. Well, I see a bottle that could go in my bar, but I think it's going on with you. Unless you pay me for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you always say. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? Anything? I don't think I have anything else on this. I just really say, you know, this is one of those things. It can be a little bit harder to find. Um, I did have to go to, went to four different liquor stores and only one of them had it. Okay. So it can be a little bit more difficult to find, but I really say it is worth, it is worth finding and having because if you are a whiskey sipper and you're only whiskey sipper or you're a rum sipper and you're an only rum sipper and you feel like getting out of that rut of something that you can just sit and sip, Mm -hmm. this is a total worthwhile bottle to have. Yeah. And it's, and it's a nice bottle that you can serve to other people. And it's pretty, I would, I would think, I would say this is pretty approachable right? for people who may not sip liquor. Okay. I mean, it's got enough sweetness on it. It's not hot or hard on the finish. Well, if they like sipping bourbon or they like cognac, yeah, they would love this. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like somebody who would, just, I, I'm, I'm thinking somebody who would like just like drink liquor and cocktail mm-hmm. they like mom all right so i think if you would put this in front of mom it would be more approachable to her than a whiskey i'll make a list of <laughs> <laughs> but you know so that that's kind of my that's my thought process on this so like if you had a group of people over there like, well i'm you know it's i'm gonna pour a little something at the end of the night sure marie's friend like i'm sure she has a little whiskey club that girl would yeah and, and, and I'm thinking even just people who aren't whiskey people. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this, this is a very approachable liquor that you can have, and it's easy to serve because it is more right. sweet right. on the palate. Very good. Yeah, so let's uh, ready to switch over? If you're ready. I mean, always not be done with Calvados, but I'm ready to sip on some rum. Okay. So tell, us about, tell us about what you got and what your pairings are again. All right. Uh, it's Florida Kona. And it's from Nicaragua on the bottle. I think we've said this before. It says Ron, R-O-N, rum. And my pairings are refried beans and rice and tamales, then plantains for dessert. Now, because it was Nicaraguan, I did a search trying to find a Nicaraguan restaurant. Found this one that I thought was. And one of the big staples in Nicaragua is red beans and rice. Got to this this place that uh, I thought maybe Nicaragua. I was the only white guy in there. Doesn't bother me a bit. Probably means it's pretty good. And so I asked for uh, two tamales and red beans and rice. I don't know the official differences, but I do know with the tamales, if you're in Nicaragua, they're wrapped in banana leaves to give it that banana flavor. Well, it's probably also because they don't have as many corn uh, plant. It's, the banana leaf is probably more readily available. And they, yeah, and they use them. a different type of uh, outside wrapper than tamales. So you're saying like the masa that goes, like the, yeah, this, this stuff, like I'm not touching. Yeah. It's, this is it's different. Supposedly different in Nicaragua. Well, and that's, that kind of goes back to the corn thing. Yeah. You know, Nicaragua is mostly jungle. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I double checked that we have been to Nicaragua, Joanne and I have, and Marie, Marie, Marie was there. I that was your transatlantic, yeah, transatlantic cruise. Well, we did Not a we did a cruise from Miami to uh, San Francisco, 
no, to LA, sorry. Yeah. And we went through the Panama Canal. And one of the stops was Yeah. And we could see the volcano out in this well at the base of that volcano is where this rum is. Oh really? Yeah. And they've had a hundred and thirty year family story. They've had earthquakes, they've had volcano eruptions, they've had civil wars, they've had plane crashes. They've had all kinds of disparity making this run. So it was, as the story began in 1875, when Alfredo Franciscan, and he's got two other names here, Pellas Kensia, he was a young inventor from Italy, and this is where he landed, and this is where he started, started this uh, run. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's, it's got a long history. So, the, the, the Florida Cana story begins in 1890. Now, this particular bottle that I have is 12-year-old. Now, they do make a 25. Wow. And this, I think this rum is very reasonable. Right. I have the sticker on here, but I think it's probably 30 or so dollars. Yeah, that's, that's real reasonable for rum. Yeah. Well. You know, Bacardi, hold on. Well, but you're higher end. I mean, this is the higher end. You're yeah. right. But if you think about what you could, since we're, and I keep going back to the whiskeys because we're talking about things we, you know, non whiskey sippers. If you try and buy $30, $30 bourbon, that's you, right. You're not going to find it right now. If, I mean, if you do, you're looking, uh, four roses, well, granddad. Yeah. Other. Other lower end, lower, you're looking on the lower end. Old crow. Yeah, you're lo- you're gonna get on the lower end of the whiskey spectrum. Mm-hmm. But for thirty dollars, you're getting on the higher end of a rum spectrum. Right. So, oh, and, and one of the things it says here is only three out of ten thousand family businesses make make it to the fifth generation. So they're very proud of that. Yeah. You know, been doing it, been doing it for a long time and doing it well. Yeah. So why don't you? Uh, so how do you want to? How yeah, do you want to go through well, your plate? We'll, we'll start with the. Uh, Fried beans and rice, then we'll go to the tamale, and then we have in between if you want to do a palate cleanser, like I said, we wheat pellets that okay. I bought at the same store where I bought this. And then I bought plantains and I've cooked the plantains very traditionally. You start with butter, cut your plantains. I cut them like I would cut a banana, but a lot of times people take a a plantain and they cut it about two inches long and then down the middle but I wanted to cook these a little better than that. And you cook them till they're like brown in this butter. And then you add vanilla and you add brown sugar to the plantain. So they're going to turn out very sweet. And a plantain is very sweet in it. So were these, uh, were they green plantains or were they more yellow brown? They were yellow brown. Okay. You know, and had to go, I found them. Uh, I went to two grocery stores before I did find them. Yeah. And uh, I add a little onion uh, to the fried beans and rice, kind of give it some flavor, and I gave it a little, little, uh, little kick up to it, <laughs> just a little. Yeah. So, have you so tried the I rum? so I haven't tried the rum yet. I'm trying to remember back because you blinded me on this, right? Yes. Okay. And you, I don't need. I got it wrong. <laughs> Probably. Well, I do remember it was. Oh, I said it was a lot younger. Well, you. Anyway, listeners, you can look back. I, I don't remember which episode it was, but yeah. I think it was on the rum episode that you that you blinded me on this. 
Could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember back, you know, just on the nose. It's uh it's still got a lot of sweetness going on. Like you can smell that like molasses y mm-hmm. kind of smell. Plus you get, you know, the punch alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's only forty percent though. It's only forty percent, but I think, you know, it's got a higher percent, punch than Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, alcohols present differently in different glasses. Right. I think this one, you get a lot of that alcohol that comes through in style. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be different if we had it just out of like an old fashioned glass. Right. I get this I get a light butterscotch to it, just like the previous one. I get some orange peel. You get that? Uh, I don't quite get any orange peel on the nose. But on the on the palate, you get that kind of like candied orange, butterscotch, uh, mm-hmm. molasses kind of flavors on it. And it's really good. And primarily how rum is made, molasses. Yeah, so did it does it say um see I didn't their see their sugar that. cane process. Yeah, and they, I, they, they may not say it cuz you I know it's one of those things. You know, that's kind of a secret thing. Yeah, whether it's cane juice or whether they And whether it was molasses or not. I doubt it was sorghum. No. It could have been sugar cane or sugar beet. I now bet. the sorghum, sugar. we described the sorghum a couple of weeks ago and we talked about it how it looks like corn plant beads. Really don't use the beads sorghum use plant itself right i think same I th- thing with- I, I think this is i think this is sugar cane i think we can be pretty confident that it's uh, sugar cane it's not beet or it's not right it's, i dare yeah, i highly doubt it's sorghum yeah just based on where it is you know being in that tropical environment i i, I bet it's sugar well i'll guarantee you that too because uh, i just double checked my notes in florida Cana distillery spanish or Sugarcane flower. Flower of the cane. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, single estate too, which is, right. means all the stuff is, is grown on one, one plantation, one estate. And I, and I told you it started in 1890, but it really wasn't commercially marketed until 1937. Oh, wow. So that's after 37. That's middle World War II. Mouthfeel I get real quick. When you say creamy, you're talking like it's like you had. Like it's cream or half and half, right? In it. Coat your mouth. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get that. It, but for me, it's more like, um, oh, um, almost like if you've had evaporated milk or sweetened, sweetened condensed milk, that real viscous, syrupy, sweet feel um, that goes on. Mm-hmm. It comes to mind when I'm tasting this. But I also think, so I've done it with the, with the, the beans. The beans and rice. And it's good. You did kick those up though. Just a little. Just a little, Josh. Come on. So they were already spicy, is what you're trying to tell me? Um barely. Okay. So it's spicy to me and a Mm -hmm. lot of other people. But I think, you know, that sweetness from the rum goes really well with this. And because that sweetness kind of pulls down the spice level a little bit, but the alcohol still leaves it up to be hurt, you know, to be reckoned with. And it's it's good because you know, not a whole lot of sweetness going on in in the in the bean dish, right. and that that goes that goes really well with it. And they're these guys uh, they think about the the planet or the Earth because they use a hundred percent renewable energy. Oh wow! Yeah, and they uh, age their rum in small one hundred and eighty liter charred 
white oak bourbon barrel. How many? About how many gallons? Is uh, you know, a liter is about a five by four. So thirty, forty. Uh, about forty-five. Okay, so that that's a less than fifty standard standard whiskey kind yeah, of whiskey it's, barrel. It's size. gonna be a yeah. A little bit, a little bit smaller. We Actually, shouldn't have to little, do that math. That's a little bit. That's a little bit smaller than a whiskey barrel, because mm-hmm. um, those are about five gallon, um, fifty in the fifties. That's good. Those little wheat things, are really good. They have a lot more flavor than I expected. I just expected like a, you know, a rice cracker with mm-hmm. no flavor. These have just a little bit of flavor in them, and they're they're really. Good. Did they clean your palate, Danny? Uh, yeah, they mm-hmm. did. They. Actually Cooled my palate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Cooled it down. Got rid of that spice that I poured in there. <laughs> it was over your palate need. Well, but we all know that I'm I'm a weakling when it comes to that. The spicy. Yeah. Well, I didn't put any jalapenos. Man, that, that rum. That rum is really, really good. That's really good. So um, you said that the guy was the original guy was from Italy. Yeah. It was a a, a priest that came. To the new world, I guess. It didn't say priest, but, you know, he was a, an Italian. Yeah. Well, so I just finished listening to The Godfather, the book. Yeah, you did. And uh-huh. when you said, when you said um, was it Fredo? It just said he was a young adventurer. I know, but what was the name? What was his name? Alfredo. Alfredo. <laughs> yeah. Palos Cansada. Cansada. So the Alfredo. A young the Alfredo yeah. part made me think of the Godfather because oh, one okay. of the one of the sons is Alfredo, but they call him Fredo. Okay, so you know Fredo from the movies is Alfredo. Oh yeah, so so it just made it, it made me think of oh, Godfather's making rum. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, but but it's obviously way before the time of the Godfather. Oh yeah, but it's it's that's really good. So you said this is at the base of a volcano in Nicaragua. That's right. So. I wonder if they're connected with any tobacco family because, you know, Nicaragua is a big place for cigars and tobacco to be grown. And there are some people who grow in the shadow of a volcano in Nicaragua. And I can't remember who I have to ask. Maybe some of our cigar listeners can throw that out there. I better know. And let us know who it is. Yeah. Um, I, but there's, they use that. They so like that volcano. We need to soil. get us a Nicaraguan cigar. And pair it with this rum. I think that would be good. Those cigar people out there, you definitely do that. Get some Florida Connor rum. Get uh, get a Nicaraguan cigar and let us know how it is. Because that actually does sound like it would be it would be really well because it's you know grown in the same soil. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It'd be very interesting to interesting to know. So uh, these tamales are they beef, chicken? I think they're more mixture of pork. Yeah. Based on that menu, oh when God. I was choosing them, it just said Malay's pork. Oh, I didn't is, do I didn't do anything. No, 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 it is a different outside mm-hmm. because it tastes sweeter. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested now. No, or if it's masa, what they do differently, or if it's just a banana leaf. Ooh, there's the spice. Well, they these didn't have banana leaves on. I thought you said they wrapped them in banana leaves in Nicaragua. Oh, but they this place I bought them. There. Oh. They had them in corn husk. Mm-hmm. We grow so much corn. Mm-hmm. Really good. Glad we can get it here. Mm. That tamale is so good. Yeah. Mm. Like Guadalajara. And it's uh, really good. The rum goes really well with it, too. The sweet goes with the sweet. 
the spice that hits you in the back, the the rum just kind of covers over it. The back or the back of back. Mm. <laughs> just kinda just kinda just kinda coats and sits there and that with the alcohol, the rum kinda hits it a little bit, warms it up. That is fantastic. I would not have really thought to have rum with tamales. Oh really? I mean I would have thought to Hilo. Well, just like that. Remember, we talked about the jacuzzi family. Yeah, and how there's a plane crash. The uh, family that makes this rum. There was a devastating plane crash involving fourth generation family. Oh no! You know, it said earthquake, the volcano, right? The plane crash. So they've gone through a lot of issues. Yeah, it seems like it. But it sounds like they're still really resilient. Well, still making great things- rum. One of the things, too, that they do, they plant a lot of trees. It, it says here they planted 50,000 trees. They kind of, I, I think I said they're carbon neutral. I didn't say it. Yeah. They are carbon neutral. You didn't say they're carbon neutral. You said that you were using all uh, renewable energy. Well, they're renewable, and they're carbon neutral. And the, the Part of the way they're doing the carbon neutral is they're planting trees. Okay. Like 50,000 trees annually. Wow. And that was in 2005. Wow. I don't know how many they're doing now. Yeah. So for all of you that are, you know, wanting to drink more socially responsible, here this we go. This is it. Yeah. Find these places that are going neutral, that are trying to be carbon neutral or using less water. And it sounds like these guys are really doing, really doing a good job of that. When the molasses from the sugar cane is fermented with Floridaconus own yeast, CO2 emissions that are naturally released during the process are captured and repurposed and sold to the breweries industry in Central. So they're even doing that. <laughs> wow. You know, never so these guys are very responsible. Yeah. I'd be interested in actually learn how that process works. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No, I really like And like I said, the first time we bought it. So did the boat stop there? Yes. And we took a tour. Uh, we took a tour and we could see the volcano in the distance. The time off the ship, too short to take a tour to this still room mm-hmm. because the vo- volcano was in the distance, which meant it's huge. Too far to take a tour and go there and get the tour and come back. Right. Those darn cruise boats, they keep you on such a tight schedule. Well, that's right. <laughs> but what? Y'all were on that two weeks? Was it a two week cruise? It was two weeks. Marie and Joanne would both have a better. Well, I remember because I was at home working when y'all did this. And it was around mom's birthday. So you guys celebrated Halloween on the boat, too. That's right. And Marie was Wonder Woman. And I think you, you dressed up as. Uh, super- uh, what? 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 <laughs> uh, what? Did you like to dress up on Halloween? And you were Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was about to say. But you kept. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> well, yeah, y'all. I know. I know y'all had a good time on that trip, and that was really cool because that it was on Royal Caribbean, right? Because mm-hmm. they were the ones that rescued you. Was it Royal Caribbean? Mm-hmm. No, it was. I thought it was. I thought it was Royal Caribbean because they were the ones that rescued you from. Well, I, from I don't Martin. think it was the same one that rescued. Uh, okay. And the other thing they've done, Josh, is since nineteen. 19- 1913. Yeah. All the employees of the distillery, their children get to go to school. Oh, that's great. And no, that's awesome for their, because they understand how important that is. 
these guys do a fabulous job. It also probably helps in their retention of employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure it does. Because I think Rob was like a lot of trivia. Very poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a that's cool that they that they take care of their employees like that. Have you had the plantains yet? No, I haven't. I've been talking too much. You should go ahead and get into that because it is really good. So these plantains, like he said, were cooked in butter and then after they were fried in butter. So how could that go wrong? I mean Well, burn the butter. <laughs> but after that, you know, he puts brown sugar and vanilla into the pan with the leftover butter and then coated them in it and it's just it's sweet and caramely and you know brown sugar is brown because of molasses so you get some of that extra molassesy flavor that's going on and it just tastes so well and goes it just goes so well with the rum too because the rum has all those same kind of flavors going on in it mm-hmm. i just tasted it you described it perfectly. Yeah, the sweetness. You know, brown sugar and sugar cane molasses probably are first cousins. Well, I would say brown sugar is the child of refined sugar and, and molasses. Okay. That's another way to say it. But yeah, they're definitely definitely related. And so I there's some musk I think it's called muscadivo 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 brown sugar. That is some of the brownest brown sugar I've ever had. Super molassesy. Super roasty. I mean, that's one of the things I use in my rib rub. Oh, okay. To get some of that nice caramelization and sweetness from it. Now, I think any cocktail that you would make have rum in it. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure some cocktails that you don't necessarily use rum. Could you make a Manhattan with this? I don't know. I don't know. I would be, I would be, be a little hesitant. Because it's a lot of sweetness. Mm-hmm. I think if you did, you may want to use a different type of vermouth um, or back off on the level of sweet vermouth. Right. That is because it'll get real sweet real quick. Yeah, it would. You know, I think any rum drink would be great with this. I don't know if I would use the 12. Yeah, you wouldn't in have my to. cocktail. Because what, they have a make five? A, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would probably just use their five level and it's probably $20, $25 bottle if this is 30 So it's definitely definitely worth it and it's probably also still good sipping rum as well i mean you could you know you could use this in you know your mojitos and your daiquiris for sure I'm really good in a daiquiri if you wanted to use it in like a sidecar you probably could i think you could because you're going from sweet there it'd be an interesting mix in a like french 75 style drink oh. i think i may you i think if i were to do that i would I'd call it a Caribbean 75 and use lime instead of lemon. Oh, yeah. With rum. Oh, yeah. I'd go for that. I think that'd be really good. You know, call it a Caribbean 75. I think that would be, I'm going to have to try that. Because that sounds, that actually sounds really good to me right now. But I think that's a, I think that, that's really, it's really good rum. And I'm glad we got to kind of got to sit and fully dissect it rather than me just blinding, <laughs> fumbling my way through it. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you got best on plate? Oh, man. Most interesting on my plate, I think, was the palate cleanser. Wouldn't say it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, cam- the camembert and the calvados, I think, is my favorite. It's that what grows together goes together kind of thing. I really, I really, really enjoyed that pairing. What about you? I enjoyed the French onion soup. Okay. Because it had this sweetness with the onion. It had that cheese that 
wasn't the funky juice, but it really gave it a right. It really uh, the plantain. Went uh, that sweet. I mean, the plantains and the rum work so well together because it's it's two people who know what they're doing. You know, it's like when you see that beautiful ballet happen. Like mm-hmm. just the flavors match so well, and everything everything worked just in my opinion worked just perfectly to kind of create something new. What about you? Was that was a uh, that was a sweet and sweet. And so if I was going to go with a sweet and sweet, I'd, but do a contrast, my plate, the tamales. Tamales, yeah. you don't think of that often. I mean, I, I think of them as right. like, you know, a Mexican food truck before and walked up and said, I'll, I'll have uh, four tamales, please. And they go, oh, we don't do tamales. Yeah. It's like, what? What are you doing? I mean, they're very, they're very labor intensive. Well, they really are. Now, these aren't as labor-intensive as some of them, probably, because I think they just, you know, kind of pat them out, put the meat, heat the meat up, and put them in them, and, you know. So it wasn't as labor-intensive as those perfectly round ones that you get someplace right. in the wrapper yeah, or even in the corn mm-hmm. shuck. Mm-hmm. Would- Not to say plantains <laughs> weren't any good. Right. And if you if you do the plantain at home, make sure you buy yellow brown plantains. Yeah, don't, you don't want the green ones. Don't buy green ones. They're not good for fried plantains because they're not right. They're pretty hard and crusty. Right. So, but they, there are some good dishes with those, just not not this application. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get ready for the blind, and then let's we'll get started. The, all right. Let's do the blind. Okay, we got the blind ready. I'm going to be using the. Wine and Spirits Education Truff Level 3, Systematic Approach to Tasting Spirits. While I taste this. Okay, so this wine, (laughs) try that again, this spirit is completely clear. Uh, No haziness or anything. It is water white and it is colorless. I wouldn't say that there's been any type of oak aging. Why are you laughing, Josh? On the nose. It smells like mint. Smells like peppermint. Very herbaceous. It's clean. There's no real um, funkiness to it. And the aroma on this is pretty medium plus. And um, can't really smell much besides besides that kind of minty herb herbalness to it. So let's taste it. On the palate, it is moderately sweet. It the intensity is a little bit less than I was expected, so we'll call it medium on the pronounce. It is actually very smooth with the sweetness on it. I think on like what makes this, um, it's some kind of grain alcohol, and it's had some flavoring added to it. It's um, minty, pepperminty, winter fresh. The finish on it's a little bit long, making my nose run. Quit gulping it a little bit, nice and hot, but still really smooth. I could, I could just shoot this. And it's, I mean, it's well-made. It's balanced exactly what it is. And yeah, there's no real like smokiness. It's not overly hot. It's not, it doesn't taste like under alcoholy. No evidence of aging on it. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say that this is a like a peppermint knot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> um, I think this is. I think it's a, it's a well made schnapps, and I think it's peppermint. I don't know if it's rumblemint specifically, or but it's something along those lines. A good, a good minty mint schnapp. 
that would make a very good peppermint hot chocolate. It is picking your nose run, though. <laughs> it really it? is. It <laughs> really is making my nose run. Sorry. That's my really, allergy. That's it's really my, funny. It's my allergy season, and I don't know what I this said, is. Gosh, you need to take a bender before we get started. And I know that I go to sleep. I know. I would I would have gone to sleep by now if I took a bit of drill, but no, I think it's I think it's a good uh, peppermint schnapp. So, all right, all there right. you have so it. Come back next week. Come back next week. We'll find out. Maybe I'll get right, one of these right. Wrong. <laughs> it's been a while Place since I've got, it's been a while since I've got one of these right. So, oh my, but that's okay. All um, right, what are we doing next week, Josh? Next week is going to be a wine week, and we're going right. to be doing Spanish wine. Spanish wine. So, do you know what you're... I think I'm going to do a, a Marcus de Rosca Raja Reserve. The Rio, Rioja. Rioja. Uh, see, I can't, I can't read anything but English. <laughs> the Rioja. Rioja. Very cool. Hopefully, we can find that one. And I'm going to be doing a Rios Baixa. So, I'm going to be doing a white wine from the Rios Baixa region of... Spain. We've had a little bit of issue with access, so I'm not exactly sure which brand I'm going to be doing right. yet. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be doing a Rio Spy Show. Okay, so it'll be it'll be really good, and we have a, we'll have a white wine and a red wine as we usually do. He yeah. usually picked price. You didn't find a Spanish bubbles. I decided to not do cava. Okay, <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I thought about doing cava, but I also really really love Rio Spy Show and love exposing people to Rios by shock because you usually don't if you don't it's one of those if you don't know it you won't buy it right kind of thing so all right well, um, we got a red and a white we got a red and a white and i think uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a great tasting and it's gonna be right around your birthday you're gonna uh, be coming up on your birthday not two weeks away when we, we record are we doing this on easter no we're doing it the weekend before easter oh okay so right. i guess it's close to your birthday not yeah. all the way on your birthday right. But it'll be it'll be a good time. And uh, once again, thank you guys for coming and taking time to listen to us gab gab about some some wine and some beer and some liquor. We really appreciate everything you guys do. And we've had a couple of people reach out to us. I want to just say thanks to John, John, and Christy for reaching out and telling us oh, awesome how much they enjoyed it. And awesome. um, just keep reaching out to us. Glad Remember, to hear they're listening. Oh yeah. Remember, we're out there on all the socials. We're on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. We are most active on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. Uh, reach out to us and share us with your friends and let us know that you're listening. If you're having little tasting parties now that COVID is starting to calm down a little bit, let us know. Shoot us a picture. Tag us. All right. Tag us and we'd love to see. We'd love to see what you guys are doing, even if it's just on your own. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.